One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two experts. I'm Kristen Pitts. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's go to court. On this episode, I'll talk about Enzyte, the once daily tablet for natural male enhancement. Once we're through, I guarantee you'll experience 25% growth. And I'll be talking about the Slenderman stabbing, a case where two girls' obsession with the online folk legend led to a brutal attack on a 12-year-old girl. So, Brandy, <laughs> let's start this episode with a little honesty. Let's tell our loyal <laughs> listeners how good we are at podcasting. <laughs> Here's how good we are. Last week was the first week, right, that we did it alone. Like, Norman didn't, Norman wasn't here to Yeah, us. we're like, Norm, we got this. Yeah. We are experts. Uh-huh. Per our tagline. Yeah. So, <laughs> we, <laughs> we bought into our own propaganda. That's right. And so, um, and plus we thought it was really easy. Like, duh, you hit the record button. You hit the big red button, according to Zach. <laughs> And so, uh, I did, but I messed it up somehow. The bum. Um, long story short, <laughs> we we did an episode last week, and we, we fucking nailed it. Mm-hmm. We, however, did not record it. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I think both of our reactions last week, when we realized it hadn't recorded... It said so much about who we are, because I, like, threw myself to the ground. I was like, that was the best episode ever. We're never getting it back. It was the best thing that's ever been recorded. And you were like, well, okay, um, well, there's no sense in us getting upset. We'll just have to re-record it. I was the five-year-old, and you were the mom. And so here we are. I don't know how weird this is going to sound, but we're going to just retell no. the story. Yeah, we're just going to do it again. And I'm. it's going to be like we're hearing it from the first time. For the first time? I maybe just said from the first time. At least we're recording it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. No worries there. <laughs> okay, here we go. Brandy, this story will shock you because you've never heard it before. I am hearing this for the very first time! <laughs> So this is the story of the man behind Enzite, the once daily tablet for natural male enhancement. I remember the Enzite commercials very well. Okay, here's the thing. I don't know what kind of crazy magic they had in those commercials, but those commercials came out like a, a really long time yes. ago. But everyone remembers the Smiling Bob commercials. Oh, yeah. And like the whistly tune that was yeah. like with it. Yeah, yeah was for it, sure. Was it do 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 Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I really paid attention to those penis commercials. Those penis commercials. <laughs> so, picture it. 1996, Stephen Warshak started Berkeley Premium Nutraceuticals in an Ohio basement with his mom and his college friends. That's where I run my pharmaceutical company out of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my basement. Nothing reassures people like, I made this in my basement with my mom. No, it's not meth. <laughs> Relax, it's just crack. <laughs> Everyone be cool. So they get in on penis pills right away. And at the time, it was super common to advertise those pills in the back of sketchy magazines. And I see your face turning because you remember what I'm about to tell I you do. next. 
Hit me with it. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> you all are about to hear why that's disgusting to say. So, he did these really crude advertisements. And, okay. Oh, here's a good thing about recording this for the first time after rehearsing it once. I can say, if you have kids in the car or wherever you are... This is not appropriate for Not even close. It's barely appropriate for us. It's we not. We're 31-year-old... <laughs> wait, 30... 32? Oh, 31? thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I'm 32. <laughs> I'm 31. I'm a baby. <laughs> okay, so here's what one of the ads said. Watch your lover's astonished look as you shoot power-packed gobs of cum up to 13 feet away. <laughs> okay. I just need to, like digest that for a minute and Ew. that's disgusting yeah, what I just to, said word choice the information not the gobs of uh-huh um in what world mm-hmm. are is this something that men are wanting to shoot gobs 13 feet across the room and what woman I mean I think the word astonished is where they lose me <laughs> Horrified? Horrified. Um, duck and cover? Yes. <laughs> no, yeah. Watch your lover duck and cover as you shoot power back gobs of cum. Absolutely. We could have really helped them. That's right. Unfortunately, we were in elementary school at the time. Yes. Um, another one they had was, it'll make you harder than Chinese arithmetic. Okay. So I'm just imagining... In most scenarios, I feel like these are things that a guy would go to the doctor for. Listen, Doc. <laughs> My dick is harder than Chinese arithmetic. And I'm shooting gobs of gum 13 feet across the room. Please help me. <laughs> You're saying, why would anyone want these problems? <laughs> um, yeah. So, so that was how they advertised it. Um, but then, 1998, Viagra hits the market, and people went crazy for it. I also recall that. You also recall going crazy for it? Uh, yes, I lost my mind. I was like, <laughs> get me that little blue pill. I was 12 in 1998. But you had a lift. <laughs> Sorry, we are definitely cutting that. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> So, <laughs> around this time, Stephen is inspired, and he decides, I'm going to class things up a bit. So, in 2001, he introduces Enzyte, and he hires Randy Spear, <laughs> which is former, his, former porn star, <laughs> you would think, with that last name, to direct a much classier ad campaign. So, this is the campaign we were talking about. So, uh, this... Wonderful article in GQ went through a list of some of the Smiling Bob commercials. <laughs> My favorite part of the article, even though it was great and well-researched, blah, blah, blah. Best part's the headline. <laughs> the headline is, The Rise and Fall of the Cincinnati Boner King. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was trying to become the Kansas City Boner King, so. <laughs> You know what? No one's claimed that. Nobody has claimed that. I'm trademarking it right now. Uh huh. TM. Right Randy now. Randy Egan. Yes. Stamped. <laughs> so the first ad they have, Smiling Bob. You remember this? He's running through the airport, running through security, yes. and the voiceover says, 
Bob is not traveling as light as he used to. <laughs> okay, now, last week, you did not compliment me on my impression of the voiceover. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Pretty good, pretty it's good, amazing. Right? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Christian fishes for compliments. <laughs> I pretty much just demanded it there. <laughs> not even fishing. I wasn't like, so do you think I sound like a guy? Or no. So the other one, and this one is like seared into my mind. Smiling Bob at the pool party. He jumps off the diving board. Yes, you this is the this one, one I remember, yeah. yes. And the voiceover guy says, Bob has a big new spring of confidence, a generous swelling of pride. <laughs> and then the third one, Smiling Bob goes bowling. Bob <laughs> is throwing them hard and straight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but here's the other question I have about okay. that one. That one's insinuating that if you have like a, a curve, yeah. it's gonna correct that. The thing is, insight was bullshit in all forms. So like, <laughs> hey, sure. like whatever your whatever, whatever your you penis problems might be, we're here to fix them. You want it shaped like a heart? It can, yeah, do, it. can do, do that. You want to balloon animals <laughs> out of it? Oh, Watch your lover's <laughs> astonishment as you turn it into a small dog. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing about these ads is like. I hate to call them subtle, because they weren't subtle. Yes. But they were a lot more subtle than those other ones. Yes. And... They really toned it down from <laughs> shooting 13 feet across the room. Damn right they did. <laughs> they classed it up big right, time. Absolutely. They pretty woman themselves. <laughs> and so, like, they were kind of funny and kind of, like, winking at what they were doing. And they were everywhere. A ton of the articles I read said they were on sports networks. Bullshit. Um, okay, well, yeah, they were on sports networks, but they were everywhere. Everywhere, because we weren't watching any sports Zero networks sports. when we were watching TV, and you and I have both seen all of these commercials. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> I, my recollection is they were everywhere. Stephen Warshak spent more than $125 million on TV wow. ads. Mostly for Insight. It, it was crazy. That's a... A lot. I was going to say shit ton, and then I, like, edited myself for some reason. To class this when up? we have said gobs of cum, like, five times in this episode. Listen, I can say gobs of cum, but you can't <laughs> say shit ton. <laughs> this will only work if we good cop, bad cop, this whole thing. <laughs> so, their ads were super impressive and made Insight seem legitimate. But what else have helped with Insight seeming legitimate was a few other things. So, a magazine ad said Insight was developed by Dr. Friedrich Tompkins, a physician with a biology degree from Stanford, and Dr. Michael Moore, a leading urologist from Harvard. And I'm guessing that these people were completely real. Uh-huh. And, yeah, yeah. yeah they checked out. Mm -hmm. All of their medical backgrounds and accolades were 100% real. Brandy, I've got some bad news. <laughs> these two dudes did not exist. <laughs> so we just created two doctors. Uh-huh. With really good credentials, yes. too. I mean, it wasn't just like yeah. they got an online medical right. <laughs> Mail order. Yes. Medical degree. So here's another impressive tidbit. Did you know that Insight had a 96% customer satisfaction rate? That is impressive. That is very impressive. If it were real, <laughs> it'd be really, really impressive. But unfortunately, how they did that was they just made a list of 500 of their customers. Uh, they marked 
480 of them satisfied or very satisfied, <laughs> and that was their 96% satisfaction oh rate. They didn't ask anybody. They didn't do any kind of polling. <laughs> Bullshit. Here's another impressive fact that's totally true, and you shouldn't doubt it at all. Okay. Men who used Insight saw an average of 24% growth in their dingling. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's my big problem with this statistic. <laughs> Why not say 25? No. Yes. Why not say 25? Well, I know why they didn't say 25 because 24 is more specific. It makes it sound more real. Yes. Yeah. But who is measuring, who's starting off the measurement and then who's recording the 24% growth measurement? No one. No one. Yeah. That's the answer. (laughs) The answer for you is it didn't happen. Yes. But you want some accuracy in all this fakery, and I'm sorry, that can't happen. (laughs) So there was a great article about all this in Slate, and I loved it because they included an email that Warshak wrote about his advertising strategy. Are you ready for this? I am ready. Picture it, all caps, obviously. Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? Get three to four bottles of wine, then sit around and make shit up. That's what I do. But write it all down, or you'll forget it the next day. Holy shit. I gotta say, this is my preferred way to work. (laughs) Get wine and make shit up. Make shit up. I mean, there's way less work that goes into it that way. Who wants to do a clinical trial when you can just make it up? (laughs) So, here's the sad thing. All of this worked. The ads looked legit. Enzyme looked every bit as real as Viagra, but it was natural. Yeah, which equals, in a lot of minds, safer and you don't have to go to your doctor for it. (laughs) You don't have to have that embarrassing conversation. (laughs) I have noticed, like, the word natural on any product, I'm always like, oh, good. Oh, good. Now, what the hell does natural mean? Who knows? Who knows what it means? You're like, oh, this is much healthier. Oh, this is clearly the healthier boner pill. These Cheetos are natural. These natural Cheetos are clearly healthier. (laughs) So, they were were natural. They were also cheaper than Viagra. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like we said, you didn't have to have that humiliating conversation with your doctor. You just, you know, called someone up. It seemed like there was no risk. The commercials always advertised a free sample, and some even had a twice-your-money-back guarantee. So, people just kind of thought, well... Why not? Yeah, Yeah. all I have to pay is shipping and handling. No big deal. People started calling in. Tons of people. According to Warshak, the number of calls from potential customers went from 26,000 in 2001 to 7.8 million calls in three years. Holy (laughs) shit. Yes. Oh my god. It was insane. Yeah. Turns out... Everybody wants a bigger penis. <laughs> you get a bigger penis, and you get a bigger penis, and you get a bigger penis. And it's all a free sample. <laughs> but here's the craziest part of this whole story. This story is not about Insight being bullshit. It's about how they scammed people out of money. So it's about the way they ran their business. Oh my gosh. You do such a good job of pretending to be surprised. Cut that out, Kristen. <laughs> I am surprised. Okay. <laughs> So, here was the scam. 
They'd get a customer's credit card info because, you know, the customer. Actually, the truth is I didn't remember anything you told me last week. So it's like wow. I'm it, hearing wow. it for the first time. I, I expect you kidding. to commit everything to memory that I say. I'm just kidding. I say so many exciting things. <laughs> what if I could repeat back to you exactly what you said last week? Would that blow your mind right now? I'd be ashamed because <laughs> I, I listen back to these for editing and I'm like, I sound like... A valley girl, but not a cool valley girl. Not like a California valley girl, like the real thing. I sound like a Midwest valley girl. Because I start everything with, so. So do I. <laughs> so then. And I've got my nasally twig. So, so yeah, I'm already ashamed. Too well, late. It's too Beat late. Beat you to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, where was I? Oh, so the scam. Here is the scam. They'd get a customer's credit card info because the customer would see the ad. Are you laughing at the fact that I started with so? <laughs> and it was like the biggest so that's ever been sewed. so. So they'd get the customer's credit card because the customer wanted the free sample. And they'd say, you know, okay, that's fine. You just have to pay for shipping and handling, but the product is free. People would be like, great. They'd hand over their credit card info. Here was the catch. They would set the customer up on a continuity plan. So that's one of those things where every month they bill you. It just renews, yeah. Which obviously is not illegal at all. What is illegal is when you put someone on a plan like that and you don't tell (laughs) them. Yes, I can imagine there would be some legal issues around that. That's considered bad. (laughs) Yes. And rude. (laughs) Just darn rude. (laughs) Charging you with rudeness. So... The customer's credit card would get charged on a monthly basis whether they wanted it to be charged or not, whether they wanted the product or not. And it was really difficult to get off the continuity program. This is where it gets really fucked up. So for for some people, you know, the customer service person would be like, okay, that's fine. You can get off Insight. We're just going to need a notarized note from your doctor saying that your penis has not grown. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's going to get First of all, even if you wanted that, what doctor? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, let me check my charts here. Yes, last prostate exam, I measured your penis. Let me remeasure it now. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I, I've seen, well, it's not 24%. I've seen about an 8% growth, <laughs> sir. Or are you just excited to see me? <laughs> so, of course, nobody wanted to do that. Nobody did that. No. The other thing they did was they would say, oh, you know, you know, obviously people would be fucking pissed when they called in. And so they'd be like, I want to talk to management or whatever. They'd be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. You can talk to our head of customer service, Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson, who, uh, let's see, did not exist. You have noticed a theme here. (laughs) And can we just talk about... They gave him the last name Johnson. I know. I feel fun. like they really should have kicked it up a notch, though, and named him, like, Richard Johnson. I think they should just named him, like, Penis. <laughs> What's up, Bob? <laughs> Let's not be subtle at Richard all. R. Penis. What are you taking? <laughs> all of these calls. Yeah, you just hang on the line. <laughs> For the definitely real head of customer yes. service. So... It goes without saying, but tons of people start complaining. They are livid. And calling Berkeley Nutraceuticals doesn't get them anywhere. So, since they were having such a tough time getting their money back, they started calling their credit card companies to get the charges removed. 
this creates an issue for our good pals, Berkeley Nutraceuticals. <laughs> As a result of all this, Berkeley started getting a really bad chargeback ratio. And the definition of a chargeback <laughs> is a demand by a credit card provider for a retailer to make good the loss on a fraudulent or disputed transaction. So credit card companies hate these. Mm -hmm. I assume because they're annoying to deal with. And the fact that they had to do so many of them put Berkeley Nutraceuticals' ability to even accept credit cards at risk. Oh, wow. So... That would have that would have just completely crippled their company. Absolutely. That's their whole their whole business plan. Yeah, they have to get your credit card yeah. so they can put you on the continuity program. Yeah. Like if they can't do any of that, then they're fucked. Then they're just a little <laughs> penis company. <laughs> so they they start to kind of realize, all right, we've got to we've got to do something here because their continuity program is their lifeblood. So they get creative. And by that, I mean shittier. <laughs> so <laughs> there's an article in, Spl in Slate that explains exactly what they were doing. So I'm just going to read to you from it. It says, Berkeley went frantic in its attempt to keep the chargeback ratio low. The company double dinged on charges, splitting transactions into two parts, one for product, one for shipping, billing each separately. By 2003, it was triple dinging charges to make the volume of good transactions appear higher. If Berkeley thought its chargeback ratio was too poor in any given month, employees would bill Warshak's personal credit cards with a host of $1 transactions until his credit card limits were reached. Warshak would then be reimbursed by the company. Holy shit. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> so when even more good transactions were needed, Berkeley simply plucked random customers from its database, charged their credit cards, then immediately refunded the money. In April 2002, for instance, 2,482 customer credit cards were billed $19.95 each, after which the charges were reversed. If people called to complain, Berkeley blamed a computer glitch. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, sorry about that, ma'am. We had a computer glitch. We've already reversed the charge. You'll see that back in your card in three to five business days. Yeah. You, like, <laughs> you would have been great in the call center. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, people would be like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. That yeah. makes sense. You would never suspect. I mean, no. Yeah. I would never suspect that a, a company, which I thought was, you know, on the up and up, yeah. was... Yeah, doing that. No. I can't believe crazy. you didn't try to turn that into a pun. <laughs> On the up and up. You know, that is the one thing I noticed. Like, in all these articles, like, there was... These journalists, they were having some fun with puns. They were having fun. In the American Greed episode, there was this one part, like, where they go through the scheme. And then the very serious voiceover guy goes, Were customers getting the shaft? <laughs> gave him the script and he was like i'm not doing this i'm not gonna put that little inflection on there and what else i feel like there was one other one where like the oh well no well the shaft is enough the shaft <laughs> the shaft is plenty god okay so this was huge the better business bureau got thousands of complaints about berkeley so in 2004 Get this. The FBI, FDA, IRS, and the Postal Inspection Service work together to investigate Berkeley. Okay. Mm-hmm. If any one of those people <laughs> investigate you, you're, like, shitting your pants. Mm -hmm. 
if all of them are investigating you at one time... You fucked. <laughs> this is a superhero movie where all of them come together and yes. forces. You're not just dealing with Batman no. right now. <laughs> I like that that's probably the one superhero that you can make. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Superman and we're done. <laughs> and that's it. And um, we've exhausted I me. can't name any others. All right, all either. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so around this time, Warshak knows that this can't go on forever. Um, because he's supposedly super smart. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> I call bullshit on that. I we we talked about this a lot. Yes. Last I'm really annoyed because everyone says how smart he is, and part of me knows he has to be smart. Yes. But I really don't want to go there just because he was lying and stealing. Yes. And so that doesn't make you a genius, right? Exactly. You know, to lie to people. Yes. Or does it? (laughs) I just... mm. Anyway. Did I say the thing about how he was putting a ton of money into his wife's bank account? Oh, okay. I'm really parched today. It's because we don't have that uh, humidifier going. Mm Mm-hmm. Which you were like, no. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good today. Okay, so around this time, Warshak knows this can't go on forever. So he starts putting a ton of money into his and his wife's bank account, starts putting some into a personal account. He's trying to set himself up. Yeah. But the investigative groups keep at it. And on March 16th... He's like a squirrel hiding his nuts away for winter. (laughs) Is that that your pun? (laughs) That's my pun. Um, Okay, you know what? I didn't want this in last time, but I feel like I should mention it. Do you think he took insight? I doubt it. Yeah, he didn't. He Because he's so arrogant that he probably thinks that his dick is just fine how it is. <laughs> he's clearly arrogant. Like, look at this giant scam he ran. Yeah. See, my thought was he knew it didn't work. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah. Like, but yeah, obviously both. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, because I'm trying to remember back to that GQ article because the, the woman asked him whether yeah. he used it. And he did kind of have that attitude of like, <laughs> well, I don't need this. Things were fine. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> so on March 16th, 2005, 50 armed agents raided Berkeley Nutraceuticals headquarters. They took seven tons of evidence. Oh my God. I'm just picturing them just like piling stuff in those like 1-800-GOT-JUNK <laughs> trucks. <laughs> or like one of those college like cleaning ones. out a hoarder. <laughs> They found a dead cat in there. (laughs) So these guys dug up, and gals, dug up a ton of dirt. And after a while, they just looked at each other and they said, Let's Let's go go to court. court. (laughs) I just want to say for the record that I surprised you with that last Yes. You did not see it coming. I felt a lot of victory in what we are now calling the lost episode. The lost episode. It was the greatest and best episode of all time. This is just a tribute. Mm-hmm. That's a Tenacious D reference, in case you oh, missed it. Oh, okay. I did miss it. I was just nodding along. <laughs> okay, so in September of 2006, Warshak was indicted on 112 counts of mail, bank, and credit card fraud, plus money laundering and obstruction of justice, and, like, anything else you want to add. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, general rudeness. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Douchebaggery in yes. the first degree. 
His mother, sister, and brother-in-law, and I think some other executives were also charged. Uh, the American Greed episode said they took $100 million from customers without their consent. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Holy shit indeed. Yes. It's a shit ton of money. Brandy. <laughs> we talked about this. <laughs> so in January 2008, Stephen Warshak goes to trial. And it is a doozy. <laughs> the prosecution argued, and this may have been pre-trial, but... I'm throwing it in because it's interesting. They tried to show that this was part of a bigger pattern for Warshak. For example, before he started selling Insight, he sold this thing called THC-free, which is one of those drugs you can take to, like, mask marijuana in your urine. So when you go, you know, do a drug test for whatever, you're, you're clean. So a rival company calls orders some of the THC-free product, supposedly, I guess, to compare ingredients. Mm -hmm. And what does Warshak do? Double charges them. You betcha. (laughs) You betcha. (laughs) So he charges their credit card a few more times, of course, without their permission, because why would you want permission? They might say no. Yeah. So the prosecution argued that this was him kind of dipping his toe into two things. First, credit cards without permission. Such a fun thing to do. But then also creating products for customers who would most likely be too embarrassed to complain if the product didn't work yeah. or if he did something shady. Yes, it's like uh, stealing money, like a drug dealer stealing somebody's money. Like, exactly. what are they going to do? Say, I came here to buy crack and call the police when they they don't get their crack? That's how I run my crack house out of my basement. <laughs> like, Although, I just take the money, push them out the door, uh-huh. and what are they going to do? Yeah. Not no, a lot. Nothing. I just do, baby, straight baby laxatives. Baby laxatives? Yeah, don't you? That's, that's, what they, that, that's what they cut coke with a lot. <laughs> that's what people shit their pants. <gasps> what? Yes. These are things I do not know. <laughs> We're getting outside of my world here. <clears throat> Come on over. I'll show you. I'll show you around my crack den. Relaxative den. <laughs> you know, okay, though, we joke about, about that, but, like, I saw an episode of Cops once where a woman really did flag down an officer. And she was I, like, I just saw that episode. Oh, my God. And then I was like, okay, so you're really calling yeah. us here uh-huh. to say your drug dealer stole your money. <laughs> One of the many reasons why I could not be a cop. Yeah. Like, are you, the number of times I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Serious? <laughs> okay. So the prosecution really hit home that Warshak was a predator. He was going after men who didn't want to go to the doctor and who would be very embarrassed about their reason for taking insight. They said Warshak purposely went after these guys because he figured they'd be too humiliated to complain. Absolutely. But here's the thing. The prosecution actually rounded up 21 witnesses to the stand who all said they were improperly charged by Berkeley Nutraceuticals. So let's take a moment to just say good on those guys. Good for you for swallowing that one and just, I meant their pride, Kristen. I'm sorry. I saw the look on your face. I'm so disgusting. This, This whole episode is nasty. But no, I, it is good for them because, like, in a situation like that, you can't, like, show up with mirrored sunglasses and then yeah. state your name for the court. No, thank you. No, I'm going to pass on that one. <laughs> but, you know, they did Next question. <laughs> John Doe. 
just say your name for the record. I plead the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, seriously, it would be really embarrassing. Absolutely. It, it was it was kind of funny though. In all these articles I saw, they they would usually manage to get one guy on the mm-hmm. record. And every guy said the same thing, which is like, oh, I was just going to try it out. <laughs> I mean, everything was fine. I didn't have any complaints. <laughs> like, you know, they say you could be bigger, and uh, well, why not? Why not? Yeah, more is more. <laughs> it kind of, like, that whole, everybody having that same story. I was thinking yes. about that this weekend. There's something about Mary was on TV. <laughs> Do you remember the scene where Ben Stiller has to pee, and they're, they're like, driving along, so they just pull off into some yes. field. <laughs> and the cops come, and there's all these guys having sex yes. with each other, and Ben Stiller shouts, oh, I was just going to pee, I was just going to pee. Gonna pee. And all the other guys are like, oh, what do <laughs> That's what I like to think happened. I think yes. One guy came forward and was like, hey, everything's good with me, I just thought I could be a little bigger. No yeah, I mean, who and, doesn't want to be bigger? And everyone else was like, me, me too. too. Yes, what that guy <laughs> said. I am also fine. Yes. <laughs> okay, so, but now that we've laughed, uh, <laughs> God, this is a bad transition. But like, you know, they're all humans. Yes. Um, one guy said he got charged every, every month for six months and he was deployed in Iraq at the time. So... This sucks. That does suck. That's terrible. Yeah. What they were doing to people was awful. But the real nail in the coffin was email. Uh, During their investigation, they confiscated a ton of emails from Berkeley Nutraceuticals, and they were very damning. So here's the first one (laughs) that I'm very excited to read to you. This was from Stephen Warshak. It said, I don't care if the card is taken from grandma's purse so Junior can buy some Enzyte. If the card is good, I want a ship. Oh, my gosh. Ugh, he's so gross. I feel like you can't write that without immediately twirling your mustache. Yeah, and, and like petting, petting your cat, like yes. sitting in your chair and petting your gross, like, big, fat, white, you know, villain cat. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that is just, that's awful. It is awful. But let me kick it up a notch in oh the awful department. Here we go. So this one's worse. Um, It's from Jason Kosman, who was Warshak's nephew. So Jason sent out an email with a great new idea. Here was his idea. (laughs) When customers call to cancel, let them cancel. Then call the customer back, pretending to be a hospital, doing a survey. Find out through this supposed survey that they used to take Enzyte or whatever drug. And then be like, oh, wait, we have a cheaper and better version of that product. Why don't you give me your credit card information? I'll get you set up. Oh, my gosh. So here's what he wrote. (laughs) Oh, yikes. (laughs) The poor customer bites, thinking he's getting a better deal. But he's actually getting taken for a second time. Like six exclamation points. Oh, God. (laughs) This scheme is beautiful. Dreamed it up after many a bong hit one night. (laughs) These customers are fish in a barrel, man. You already spend the media dollars to get them in the barrel. And when when you bought the Enzyte spot, don't let them get away so easy. Exploit the shit out of them. Holy shit. Okay, this is damning because he used the fucking word exploit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That's it. You knew what you were doing. Yes. You wrote about it in an email. You were exploiting people. And we <laughs> yes. know that because you, you said, said, let's exploit yes. people. Holy mm-hmm. shit. 
So, what do you think Warshak did when he saw that email from his he little said, nephew? He said, oh, nephew, that is not how I want to run <laughs> oh, my business. No, we're, we're better than that. That's right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, no. <laughs> <laughs> he forwarded that email to some other executives under the subject line, the student has become the teacher. Our company was built on this kind of creative thinking. Thanks for the wake-up call, Jason. Creative thinking! Also, let's not forget, people who put way too much in a subject line are the worst. <laughs> he writes a whole email in the subject yes, line. Yes, yes. I feel like that's arrogant. It is. To be like, I, I can't do the body of the email. Yes. They're just going to have to deal with this. So the defense said that that was a joke. Oh, so, sure. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Did we say exploit? <laughs> That's not what we meant. Oh, we were horrified. <laughs> horrified. The main defense strategy was just to say that Berkeley grew way too big, way too fast, and that these were just operational deficiencies. Um, no. You know how that goes. You can just are accidentally double charging people. Oops, I ripped everybody off. <laughs> Oops, I did it again. <laughs> so they just said we couldn't keep up with some of the problems we did our best hmm just some things fell through the cracks oh oopsie oops uh did the jury buy it no No, i hope not nobody bought that (laughs) but the end of a six-week trial a jury found him guilty of 93 counts of conspiracy fraud and money laundering he was sentenced to 25 years in prison I can't even believe that uh, that is a possible sentence for those crimes. Because, yes, while they were terrible and he ripped people off. Yeah. That's a lot longer than, like, some attempted murders get. Or, I mean, isn't isn't it 25 to life? Like, if you yeah, die like, and kill someone, yes. 25 years. I think, like, second degree oh, okay. murder. I think first degree is, like, 40 to life. Do you know that, or are you just saying that? <laughs> um, I don't know if you heard, but I'm an expert. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. I forgot momentarily that we are expert geniuses right. who are actually recording right That's now. Right. As opposed to last week when we were just sitting around talking to each other in front of our laptops. <laughs> so, yeah. We, what if we just did this every week and didn't ever record it? <laughs> you know, I've been having fun. Right. But here's the thing. We still haven't put one of these episodes no. up yet. And so it kind of feels like that's I know. what we're doing. Do you feel a little bit like maybe this is the universe's way of telling us that the world isn't ready for our particular brand of I like humor? I like that you're framing it as the world isn't ready as opposed to our humor is shitty. Right? <laughs> like, we're the only two who are amused by oh each God, other. It and might we be. We'll find out soon well, enough. Stay tuned, folks. If it's crickets forever. Yes. And then, like, maybe our parents being like, could you not say boners? Maybe could you not say uh, gobs of cum, please? And I'd be like, don't tell me what to do. I'm 32 years old. <laughs> I'm going to scratch your mom. Kristen, what does that mean? My mom will be very disappointed by this whole endeavor. <laughs> Hey, if there's one thing that Sherry Pitts has taught me, mm-hmm. it is never plead the fifth. Never plead the fifth. Remember she wanted us to use that as our tagline. Oh my god. Yeah, and we were like, why? It doesn't make sense. And, but she was adamant. She loved it. Here's the thing, though. And it's a shame because here I am making fun of her for this, but 
confidence in a bad idea, that sums me up. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, but yeah, I like, no, this is it. an excellent idea. Really, really. We should all have <laughs> No, let me shoes. tell you again, because clearly you're not understanding it. The problem is you. <laughs> not the idea. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so we talked about this last time. I've like 25 years in prison. I mean, I don't like this guy. Yeah, I don't like him either, but that does seem... And the other thing is... On the high side. They took a ton of money from people, but they they took about, like, $100 to $200 per person. Per person, So yeah. nobody went bankrupt. Nobody's yes. life was ruined. But right. It was just being bad to mm-hmm. a whole bunch of people. Yes. Okay, but... Oh, wait, let me finish with what else he was sentenced to. He had to surrender $459 million uh, and Holy another shit. $44 million for money laundering. Berkeley Nutraceuticals filed for bankruptcy. I wouldn't have to file for bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, <laughs> like uh, I mean, I might change. have to sell my summer home, but uh-huh, that's sure. it. You'd be fine. <laughs> Just fine. But no, I did want to talk to you about something here because... You brought up something at the end of our last episode where we were just sitting around with no recording. (laughs) (laughs) But you brought it up, like, usually in these cases where customers are being ripped off over some pill, Mm -hmm. it's targeted at women. Yeah. So this is what's really interesting to me about this is because, like, um, I feel like this whole thing has happened before mm-hmm. just it's always it's been through diet pills that you know yeah. they tell you yeah they're amazing they work they're turns speed. out turns out it's just speed and people are having heart attacks yeah but those things are directed specifically at women this was a way to do that same marketing mm-hmm. at the other half of the demographic yeah now we hit up the men so may, that's the part to me that's like maybe he is a little bit smart because maybe yeah. nobody else saw this hole in the market. Nobody was scamming these men. Maybe. But, <laughs> and this is where Norman always accuses me of having a tinfoil hat on a number of things. So I know that I could be way, way off. But for like the past week, I've been thinking about how you mentioned that. That yes. usually this stuff is directed at women. And if I were a smarter person, I might have looked up those cases and seen like what the sentence was. Yeah. But part of me wondered... Do you think that that played a role in why he was sentenced to 25 years? Because, like, he was going after men, and maybe that judge had kind of an emotional reaction. I mean, I I I could see that argument, yeah. And by that, you mean I'm totally right? No, that's not. (laughs) I I don't believe that's what I said. (laughs) Let's check the tape. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, we're not recording, so you can't. You're just going to have to remember. So, yeah, I could definitely see that side of it. Like, oh, so now you're targeting men. I'm a man. Like, this is not, this isn't going to fly. I just wonder, like, when it feels personal. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like if I were a judge and a whole bunch of women had been ripped off, like, that'd be hard for me to not feel like, well, that could have been me. Yeah. Not that we're saying that this judge had any problems. (laughs) We are not speculating on the size of this judge's manhood. Jesus. Speaking of which, at the sentencing, U.S. District (laughs) Judge S. Arthur Spiegel said, Stephen Warshak was blinded by his arrogance, greed, and his ability to exploit others. Yeah. True. Sounds about right. Uh Uh-huh. Agreed. (laughs) Um, In the GQ interview... Uh, which took place when he was in prison, he said, 
And this is like the best quote. (laughs) I get it. We're all tired of poor customer service, but I'm the only one spending my life in prison over it. No. Like, fuck you. (laughs) This is not about customer service. (laughs) You didn't have a poor, you weren't delivering poor customer service. You were ripping people off. Yep. You were ripping people off. You were lying. Yes. That's not like, oopsie, we took a long time. Sorry. Yes. We wouldn't return something on the 31st day. Like, no. (laughs) But this whole thing is not over. So Stephen Warshak appealed. And unlike every other appeal we talk about on this podcast, this one actually went somewhere. Oh my gosh. In his trial, like I said, the emails played a huge role in proving that he was up to some shady shit. Here's the catch, though. Federal agents got his emails in a not great way. Ooh. (laughs) And I just want to start this off with this appeals case is very important. It sets a huge legal precedent. Yeah. There's nothing in it about boners, so I'm just going to say it's a lot less right, interesting. Right, yeah, our interest was not piqued by this. <laughs> so the Slate article uh, does a good job showing what the agents did and why they did it. So I'm going to read a little bit from that article. It says, the government needed a warrant to grab email from people's personal computers. It needed a warrant to wiretap their internet connections in real time. It needed a warrant to read their postal mail, and it needed a warrant to tap their phone calls. But when a person's email was stored off-site on a third-party server, suddenly no warrant was needed. So, I'm going to do my best to describe something kind of complicated. And if I get 50% of this right... I will be impressed. I want a cake. (laughs) Cookie cake. (laughs) I demand cake. I demand cake. (laughs) Basically, what the government did at that particular time was not technically wrong. They were operating under the third-party doctrine, which basically means that if you write an email to Norman... Mm -hmm. And it says, I don't think Kristen recorded this podcast. But then you show me that email. Then suddenly they're kind of like, okay, well, maybe we don't need a warrant. Maybe we could get a subpoena. And right. getting a subpoena is like a lower standard yeah, of yeah. proofishness. Mm-hmm. Proofishness, yes. That's right. Absolutely. Gonna That's say that official with- term. <laughs> you will hear that in a court of law. That's correct. <laughs> but the thing that was shitty about this, because like, you know, I explain that, and you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You should. Well, yeah, because if, well, what makes sense to me, though, what, well, yes, that makes sense to me, but where the issue comes in with email is that there's no way to send an email without having a third party involved. Exactly. Because you have an email provider that you are sending it through. And we all still expect there to be privacy. Some privacy there. So, yes, yeah. so I understand where this law needs to be updated for modern day Absolutely. communications. Yeah. And that's basically what the court said, too. They said the agents did violate Warshak's Fourth Amendment rights to privacy. But that was sort of fine because the agents were operating under the Stored Communications Act. So basically, you guys were doing what you knew to be right under this antiquated rule. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the court was like, yeah, but from now on, you can't do that. From now on, the government needs a warrant in order to obtain your emails. So... The Cincinnati Boner King brought us something really important. Seriously. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you, Cincinnati Boner King. (laughs) 
So they upheld all of Warshak's convictions, but they vacated his sentence mm-hmm. um, because they said, basically, this dude should not have gotten 25 years. It was a bit much. There wasn't that much loss here. Yeah. Which you and I seem to agree, agree on. Yeah. yeah. 25 years seemed a bit steep. Even though this guy sounds like such an ass. But, yeah. But, you know, you don't need to be in jail for that long for being an ass. And I'm, I'm just guessing that somebody who is known as the Cincinnati Boner King might not oh. fare that well. Oh, I didn't even think about in that prison. in prison. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but, you know, though, if he's super smart, I wonder if he manipulated... Everybody. I wonder if he yeah. was like, run in the prison. Yeah, I can Maybe. see that. I don't know. Kristen, minutes ago, you said he wasn't that smart. I don't want. <laughs> I, I, you know what my problem is? I don't want to give him any compliments. Right. Absolutely. You know? Yes. No compliments. No compliments for the boner kid. <laughs> <laughs> he flew high for quite a while. I am not throwing a compliment his way. So his sentence was reduced from twenty-five years to ten. That seems reasonable. Yeah. Where are they now? Mm. Stephen Warshak? Out of prison. His mom, who was sentenced to two years, never served a day. Berkeley Nutraceuticals settled a class action lawsuit in Ohio for $4.7 million. They also settled in five other states for about $2.5 million. So, I didn't even touch those. Yeah. I felt like we had enough going on. Yeah, definitely. Insight is still on the market. Is it still sold under that name and everything? Uh, why would you ask me something that I haven't Googled? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't be. Right. Uh, but, so, I was shocked by that. Yeah, I, I'm shocked by that. By that. Um, I had an astonished look on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I love that you said astonished. <laughs> so, was your lover astonished? <laughs> Everyone was astonished. Everyone. My lover. The walls were astonished. The walls were astonished. <laughs> if these walls could talk. Oh, God. Oh, God. So, on that note, I want to close with a quote from John Macer, the lead investigator on the case. He said, it's not illegal to sell snake oil if people are willing to buy it. That's so true. Yeah, and I, I think... The rule must be, like, as long as it doesn't cause harm, yep. you can sell it to people. That's right. Because Well, back to the diet pill thing. Mm-hmm. The majority of those diet pills are still on the market, but the they have taken out that speed ingredient. So now they really don't do shit. Yeah. Before they at least, you know, make sure <laughs> you didn't sleep for three days. Yeah, and you ruined your life. <laughs> yeah. but your you teeth fell out. <laughs> But you fit into those yeah, pants. that's right. And that's really all that that's matters. That's all that matters. If society tells us anything, it's that as long as you fit into those jeans, doesn't matter how many teeth you have, or if you've got sores on your skin. God, that is so nasty. Okay, this is making me think back to last week when we talked about Olestra. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, that's and, right. And that was the stuff that, like, how long was that on the market? Not long, Not right? Yeah, not that long. It was this thing that at this time felt revolutionary. It was an ingredient in, like, potato chips, Yeah, it was right? a fat substitute. And it was supposed to be a miracle. Yeah. Um, it wreaked havoc on your butthole, it though. It made... It caused anal, anal leakage. leakage. Anal leakage. <laughs> and it turns out that's where people draw the line. Yeah, people are like, we'll do a lot, but when our anuses start leaking... 
No more. <laughs> I just love the idea that, like, somebody's slimming down for a hot date, so they eat a bunch of the, <laughs> the Olestra, Olean potato, potato chips. Like, well, got the hot date, but I had a leaky butt the whole time. <laughs> Your butthole was dripping the whole time. Gross. <laughs> you know what? Somehow, this is way nasty. I know! I like that you're so much more disgusted by that than gobs of cum shooting at the wall. Okay, that tells me a lot about your personal life, Kristen. That, that is a good point. You know what? <laughs> a leaky butthole is grosser, I think. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm just picturing, like, <laughs> this is so gross. I'm just picturing, like, leaky butthole you walk around all day. You know, gobs of cum, at least that, there's a time limit. There's a time and a place for gobs of cum, Kristen. <laughs> leaky butthole, that's no good. There's, there's no time. good time, no good place for that. <laughs> oh, oh, God. So that's my story on Insight. And we would like to send out an apology to our parents for this segment yes. of the show. Good God. Good God. It's a good thing um, <laughs> that we don't have serious, serious <laughs> jobs. Oh, my crown. Well, that was a good one. Thank you. I'm just going to really bring the mood down now and uh, hit us with a heavy one. I have been haunted by this one. Oh, yeah. Like, no, this Kristen, is, this is the first time you're hearing about it. Oh, what? Yes. Slender Who? Slender Who? <laughs> and it was a cute little cartoon? Yeah, absolutely. That's oh. right. That's right. No, Kristen. Not at all. Oh, boy. This is the story all about how my <laughs> life got flipped turned upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Serious time. Serious business, Kristen. Okay, in West Philadelphia. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, we are about to talk about something yes, horrible. Yes, horrible. Um, this is how we make it better. This is how we make ourselves feel better about it. We you know have to what? bring in the fresh prints. The whole thing, this whole thing is church giggles. Did you ever get church Oh, giggles yes, about? absolutely. Yeah, yes. Bad stuff. <clears throat> I was about to make a disgusting joke, but I'm going to pass on it. Really? Mm-hmm. It's going to be an inappropriate, uh, like, priest joke, so. Ew. <laughs> like a molestation joke? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kristen, I didn't make it. <laughs> you don't get to judge me. I censored it. I filtered it out. <laughs> I'm just glad that, like, we've said all this crazy terrible yes. stuff, but you're like, mm-hmm, no. No, not touching it. I will not. I will not. Not on Ash Wednesday. Oh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Appreciate that. Okay. This is the story of modern day folklore come to life. It is also the story of mental illness and friendship gone wrong. I'm so sorry. Why are you Why did you just like make your water bottle like water bottle fart while I'm I'm getting serious here? I, that was like the noisiest thing from the water bottle. My ring smashed up against the bottle, and then I went. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ma'am, I didn't do any of that during yours. I know. You were so well behaved. <laughs> anyway, there's a great Newsweek article by Abigail Jones on this case, and another by Lauren Efron and Kelly Robinson for ABC News, where I pulled um, most of the stuff for this story. We'll link both of them on our website, of course. Okay. On May 31st, 2014, two 12-year-old girls, 
Anissa Weir and Morgan Geyser lured their friend Peyton Lutner, also 12, into the woods of Waukesha, Wisconsin, under the guise of playing hide and seek. I hate this. Ugh. I hate this story so much. So once they get into the woods, they push Peyton down and they tell her to lay face down and they'll hide and then she'll be the seeker. Oh my God. And so she's laying down and then one of the girls like sits on her and she's like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And the two girls are arguing about who's going to stab her first. So they decide that they're going to, they've taken her into those woods to stab her. So they're arguing about who's going to do it. And Peyton's laying there with her face down on the ground. She's like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And so the girls like let, like they get off of her and they're kind of like arguing over who's finally going to do it. And, um, and she's probably just standing there. Yeah, Like what, what the fuck's going on? About? Yes. Yeah. Finally, um, Morgan Geyser says, I'm not going to do it until you tell me to. And Weir replies, go ballistic, go crazy, do it now. Mm-hmm. And so with that, they start stabbing her. They stab Peyton 19 times. They pierce her liver, pancreas, and stomach, and missed an artery near her heart by less than a millimeter. That's insane. The girls would later tell police that Peyton had screamed and yelled, I hate you, I trusted you, during the attack, which is just, like, heartbreaking. These are girls that were her best friends. Like, Mm -hmm. ugh. Um, When they were finished, they told Peyton to lay down, Um, And be quiet, and they would go get help. Except they didn't go for help. Mm -hmm. They left her there to die. Peyton, though, she was not going to let herself die there. She dragged her injured body out of the woods to a nearby ditch on the side of the road. And she's 12. She's 12. She has 19 stab wounds to her body, including one right next to her heart. Mm -hmm. A stab wound through her diaphragm. So she can barely breathe, Mm -hmm. crawls her way out of the woods to this patch of grass next to a bicycle path on the side of the road. She's laying there. This bicyclist comes along. He's an older man. um, I don't know. I would say early 50s, maybe. He um, had been out riding his bike. And the part of the path that she was laying next to was actually, like, chained off. And he decided Mm -hmm. he wanted to go further into the woods. And so he rode around the chain and rode back. And he hears someone say, help me, I've been stabbed. And he looks over and he sees this girl laying there. And so he calls police and he's like, you know, stay still. Police are coming. Police get there. Um, and Thank they ask God her. He was on that path. No kidding. He's, he's on a part of the path that's closed mm-hmm. and comes across her. Ugh. Police get there and they say, you know. Who did this to you? Mm-hmm. And she says, my best friend. Oh, my God. Ugh. So paramedics get on the scene. They rush her to the to surgery. Um, doctors had to crack open her chest to repair the wounds near her heart, through her diaphragm, and to her liver. The rest of her wounds were to her extremities, so they were really just flesh wounds. Mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, That doesn't make it okay. They were still, I'm sure, horribly painful. I would be freaking the hell out. If I just had one flesh wound, I would have lost my fucking mind. I go nuts over paper cuts. That's right. I can't imagine. (laughs) Absolutely. So, she's in surgery for six hours. Chest cracked open. 
Um, doctors said that if the stab wound near her heart had been less than a millimeter closer, so that is the width of a human hair. God. She would have died. It would have pierced her heart. Oh, my God. Ugh. She gets out of surgery. She's like a fucking fighter, and she's miraculously she recovers Mm -hmm. when she gets out of surgery the first thing she asks um as she's waking up is did they get them she is on it i mean yes yeah she's awesome yes morgan and anisa had in fact been arrested police and local agencies had conducted a massive search for the girls while peyton was in surgery they found the girls after nearly four hours walking along Interstate 94. On them was a kitchen knife with a five-inch blade hidden inside an old purse. They told police they were on their way to find Slender Man to live with him in his mansion. So who is Slender Man? According to Wikipedia, Slender Man is a fictional supernatural character that originated as a creepypasta internet meme created by Eric Knudsen in June of 2009 for a Photoshop contest on the Something Awful Internet Forum. Okay, so this contest challenged people to edit regular photographs to give them, to make them appear paranormal. Mm -hmm. So Knudsen entered two black and white photos of groups of children to which he added a tall, thin, wraith-like wraith-like figure wearing a black suit lurking in the background so in this picture this slender man mm-hmm. is just like this impossibly tall creature he's got these like very exaggerated long skinny limbs yeah wearing a suit but he has no face he's just like blurry where his face should be so after you told me about this i looked them up yeah they're really they're really creepy. fucking creepy yeah yes what do you mean after I told you about this, Kristen? I mean, I'm hearing about this for the first time. <laughs> Please go into more detail. No idea what's going on. Um, so something that Knudsen did in this in this um, Photoshop contest to kind of set his entries apart, mm-hmm. where he added these um, captions to them. So basically created a whole work of fiction yeah. around these yeah. pictures. So on the first picture, the quote read, or the caption, the caption read, We didn't want to go. We didn't want to kill them. But its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. 1983, photographer unknown, presumed dead. Right? That is creepy. It's so creepy. The second one read, One of two recovered photographs from the Sterling Library Blaze. Oh, I'm sorry. The Sterling City Library Blaze. Notable for being taken the day which 14 children vanished and for what is referred to as the Slender Man. Deformities cited as film defects by officials. Fire at library occurred one week later. Actual photograph confiscated as evidence. 1986. Photographer Mary Thomas missing since June 13th, 1986. Which, worth noting, the day after my birthday. Like the day I was born. Also, might be the Olsen twins' birthday. Might be, or might be. like this they has been might, a source of great pride for you might your have been born life. on June 13th, 1986. <laughs> 
Did you feel a special like relationship with him? I did. We were just like house? one day apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, do you remember so, when? Oh, sorry. Oh no! Continue, please. No, this is really stupid. I'm ready for do it. Do you remember when one of the twins? I think it was like Mary Kate went through her like hobo chic phase in 2005. I think she's still in that phase. Oh well, I remember when it was new, and I was like, yes, yes. And I tried to imitate it, but yeah. the thing is, like. You, you just can, look like a hobo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to have millions of dollars to yes. do the chic Absolutely. part. I was just... Mm-hmm. Just a hobo. <laughs> yeah. Poor and then you just couldn't pull off that stick and handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I felt good about it. <laughs> you smudged... You smudged makeup all over your chin. Lots makeup. of bronzer. <laughs> yes. It was expensive bronzer. You know, people can't tell. Um, these photos and their corresponding captions quickly went viral and a modern day folklore was born. Um, people expanded on the tale of Slenderman, creating fan art, cosplay, and fan fiction known as creepypasta. These stories grew at an exponential rate. Soon, a past dating back centuries was created for Slenderman. Um, people claimed to like sightings of him Mm -hmm. um, and a major motion picture was even developed it actually comes out later this year okay do you know how this guy feels about all this yeah so I actually read um, a a little like interview with him okay and he said like obviously this crime is terrible yeah yeah and but he has become so separated from the origins of Slender Man that he didn't even feel you know, associated with it anymore because it's okay. grown so much past okay. like what he. Yeah, it, he was for just him doing. it was yeah. just probably I, a few hours. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and then it has just grown. I mean, there's all of these different versions of what Slenderman does, and you know, his somehow he lures children away, but no, there's different you know versions of what he does with those children, and Gross. and so, I mean, it's it's scary. Yeah. Um, it was these um, creepy pasta stories and drawings that drew the attention of Morgan and Anissa. According to Peyton's mother, Stacy Lutner, Morgan and Peyton were best friends and very close. They spent all day together, then they'd come home and talk on the phone for hours, and if they weren't on the phone, they were messaging online. Peyton's father, Joe, thought this was a normal preteen friendship, but Stacy wor- worried that Morgan was controlling. So I kind of side with Joe here because I think this is very much like what you and I did. We were friends at this age and it's very much what you and I did. Are you trying to say we're normal? <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, we were just we're friends at school and yeah. then we'd come home and talk on the phone yeah. or instant messenger or whatever. And there seemed to be no limit no. So how long we could talk. No. I mean, I remember, we would wa- we would sit on the phone and watch the Ricky Lake show. I remember that so well. <laughs> yeah, and Jenny Jones, Jenny too, Jones, right? yes. She always had, yes. like, my 13-year-old daughter dresses too sexy. <laughs> and we always had opinions That's about That's absolutely. It. Her name should have been Shanasty, not Shanane. <laughs> I, of course, I remember that. That was a Jerry Springer Yes. <laughs> and it was, your name shouldn't be Shanene. It, it should, should be, be Shanasty. And the audience like, lost their minds. Yes. Such a good burn. Um, okay, so Stacy is worried that Morgan is controlling. Um, 
she says that uh, Morgan and Peyton would often get into these little arguments and that it would really upset Peyton. Morgan would say something and it would upset Peyton. And so she would encourage Peyton to send Morgan an email saying, you know, you said this or, you know, but this is how I feel about it. And I don't like that you made me feel this way and whatever. But Peyton wouldn't do this. Peyton would just be like, oh, it's nothing. It'll go, you know, I'm just not going to say anything about it. It'll go away. Yeah. And Stacey didn't like that. Her, her daughter was kind of passive about it. She kind yeah. of felt like she was maybe, you know, getting, you know, run over a little bit. And so she wanted to make sure her daughter was standing up for herself. But it was just not the way Peyton handled things. She didn't want to do that. Yeah. So their their friendship progressed. And in the sixth grade, another girl entered the picture. Anissa Weir was Morgan's other best friend. Though she and Peyton weren't close, they, of course, had Morgan in common. So Mm -hmm. Morgan and Peyton were best friends. Morgan and Anissa were best friends. So the three of them would hang out fairly regularly. No room for a third person. It's got to be two or five. That's right. That's exactly right. (laughs) Anissa and Morgan, though, shared a bond different than just friendship. They shared an obsession with Slenderman. Peyton told her mom that Anissa and Morgan talked about Slenderman constantly. Morgan even sent Peyton links to different stories that she wanted her to read. Um, but according to her mom, Peyton was scared by them. She didn't have any interest in them. She just found them scary. Me too. And yeah, and was like, I don't want to see this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stacy told her daughter to ask Morgan to stop sending these stories. And then she went online with her to look at the stories in an effort to kind of dispel her fears. Mm-hmm. So Stacy says, you know, let's go online. Let's look at these things. So she said, we opened up the computer one night and sat and looked at the site together. And I said, Peyton, let's just read one of these. And you tell me, does this sound like this could possibly possibly be real and she said and Peyton said no Morgan Morgan knows he's real Mm. and so Stacy said Peyton eventually stopped talking about Slenderman so she assumed that she told Morgan she wasn't interested or that their interest had kind of feigned and you know it was just something that kind of went away Mm -hmm. she was wrong yeah by this time according to police reports Morgan and Anissa had begun to plot Peyton's murder. Oh, God. They decided that they would invite Peyton over for a sleepover for Morgan's birthday. And then at 2 a.m., they planned to duct tape her mouth, stab her in the neck, and then run away so they didn't have to look at her in the eyes. Oh, my God. So they invited her to this birthday party like a month in advance. So, like, these girls were planning this for a while. Um... Peyton asked her mom if she could go to Morgan's birthday party, spend the night at her house. And she said, well, who else is going to be there? And she said, it's just going to be me and Morgan and Anissa. And so her mom was like, yes, absolutely. You can do that. They'd had sleepovers before, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. On the day of the party, Peyton is ecstatic. She's like jumping with joy and squealing and she's packed her bags and she packed her American Girl doll. Like this to me is so um, just makes such a statement about where Peyton was in her mind. She thought mm-hmm. she was going to a fucking sleepover with her friends and going to play dolls. Yeah. And her friends are fucking plotting her they murder. They want to stab her in the neck. Yes. That's. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. So um, for Morgan's birthday, they go to Skateland they skate the night away and then they go back to Morgan's house. They eat pizza and they have a sleepover. When it came time to carry out the plan at two o'clock in the morning, 
Morgan said she had second thoughts and decided they'd give Peyton one more day to live. Oh, my God. It was the following morning that they led her into the woods. So the following morning, they get up. They decide that they're going to go to the bathroom. This is what Morgan and Nisa decide. Mm -hmm. They're going to go to the bathroom at this park near where they live because it has a drain in the floor. And so they're going to murder her in the bathroom and then the blood will just drain away. And so they get to the park. They go, they three of them go into the bathroom and I, I just can't even imagine where Peyton's mind must be like during all of this is going yeah. on because Morgan and Nisa have one, one idea of what's going on and Peyton has no fucking clue what's mm-hmm. happening. So they get to this bathroom and like, Morgan and Nisa are arguing back and forth about who's going to do it and whatever. And uh, Morgan has what was what she would later describe as like a full on breakdown. She's like she's decided she can't go through with it. She doesn't know how she can do it. She, and she decides she's not going to do it. And that's when they come up with the idea to play the hide and seek. They're going to get into the woods. It'll be easier in the woods for whatever reason. And so then they go into the woods and they do it. They stab her. Mm. Um, 19 times, as I've said. I just, I can't imagine any of it on, from any of their perspectives. Like, yeah, you're going, you're skating around, you're having pizza. And then at the back of your mind, you're like, oh, I'm going to murder my friend. I'm going to murder my friend. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't either. So I need to stop fucking saying so, so many times. Um, I beat you. So like, don't (laughs) don't worry about it. If people complain, they'll start with me. (laughs) Um, Upon their arrest, both girls were questioned separately and told similar stories to the police. Basically, um, they both kind of minimalize their... Sure. ...their play Mm -hmm. in, in the versions, but the versions are very similar. So Anissa said that the stabbing was intended to be a sign of dedication to Slenderman. She told police that one must show their dedication to him by killing and that by doing so, they would become his proxy and get to live with him in his mansion in the Nicolay National Forest in northern Wisconsin. Oh, good grief. Anissa said that the idea to prove themselves to Slender, as she called him, which just freaks me the fuck out that she's a nickname for him. Well, they're good buds by this point. Jesus. She said that the idea to prove themselves was Morgan's, but that she was excited to prove the skeptics wrong and show that he really did exist. So she was tired of people saying this is an imaginary thing. She knew that he was real and she was excited to prove to people that he was real. So by killing this girl, he would appear. She would get to go live in his mansion and she could prove to everybody that they were wrong. Do you think they really believed that? Uh, I I think they did. Uh, but as we'll see later, like, mental illness comes well, into yeah, this. I'm, yeah, I just... Oh. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's hard to wrap your brain around yeah, it, it, for is. sure. Um, when asked by police if she knew what it meant to kill someone, Anissa responded, I believe it's ending a life, and I regret it. The bad part of me wanted her to die, and the good part of me wanted her to live. Ugh. Mm-hmm. In contradiction to what Anissa told police, Morgan said that she believed that Anissa had made the initial move in the attack and that she had just finished it off. She initially offered an apology to police, but then later said, it's weird. I don't feel any remorse. That is weird. Yeah, it dude. is fucking weird. 
Morgan also told police that she believed that they had to kill or that he would kill their families. When asked to clarify who he was that she was referring to, mm-hmm. Morgan said she didn't know him, which is a weird fucking response. Yeah. So she says, we had, he, we had to kill or he would kill our family. Mm-hmm. And the police say, who? who? Who is this he? And she says, well, I don't know him. So then police questioned her directly about Slenderman, mm-hmm. and she said she never met him, but that he watches her and can read minds and teleport. Mm-hmm. She also told police that she that what she did was probably wrong and asked if it is illegal to stab someone in self-defense. They asked her if that was the case here, and mm-hmm. she said no. It's funny to me that she was smart enough to go down that road but then when right. they ask, they ask okay, her they're like oh. okay is that the case and she's like no I'm i was like, just yeah. curious like, just in case this happens to a right yeah. yeah asking for a friend like mm. both girls this part's really interesting both girls were charged as adults with attempted murder so in wisconsin it is state law that defendants who are at least 10 years of age and are charged with a severe crime must be charged as adults. I'm unsure. I think that's a weird law. I'm wondering where that originates from because how can you have a hard and fast rule? Like 10 is so young. Yeah, I, I do not like this at uh, all. Yeah, not I, at all. I was thinking about this, um, even though this is definitely the first time I'm hearing this. Um, yes. <laughs> but no, I was thinking... I understand some leeway mm-hmm. if someone is 17 and a half yeah. and they commit a heinous crime. Yes. It's like, okay, if, you know, in a few right. months you'd be charged charged as an adult, you premeditated this, all this stuff, no, yeah, you're going to be charged as an, as an adult. 12, you're nowhere near that. No, you're nowhere off. near, yeah. And it almost makes me wonder why even have different... What's the word I'm looking for? Laws. Different setups for children. Laws. And- <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, why, I do. Why even bother? I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Because that's such a young age to be like, oh, well, 10's where we fucking draw the line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what, is this an outdated law? Was this made, you know, in the child labor years? Like, That's what I'm wondering. Right. That, that really is what yeah. I'm wondering. It, if it was just on the books for so long and now it's one of those things that no one's this, bothered to change. Yeah, exactly. Um, the district attorney, Brad Schimmel, said of the case, most of the time in crime like this... With such violence like this, there's spur of the moment. There's the heat of passion. This time, it was calculated. It's troubling when someone lashes out in anger. It's more troubling when they lash out in cold blood. Isn't the, that the worst kind of killer? The cold-blooded killer? Yes. Yes, it fucking is. Yes. I mean, that's, I think that's what I was yeah. freaking out about, about the idea of going to skate world and having pizza mm-hmm. and all this stuff. and. Yeah, and you're just totally cold. You're just thinking, well, she'll be dead in a few hours. Right? Yeah. So per state Wisconsin law, they're charged as as adults. The prosecutor says, we fully expect them to fight this. We fully expect them to try and get this lowered to juvenile court, and we welcome that fight. Like, bring it on. Oof. Um, Okay. 
Questions still remained about the girl's mental state and their understanding of the crimes of which they were accused. The court would spend hearing after hearing over the next three years making a determination on those factors. Okay, so this part gets a little bit confusing because there were so so much of this time was spent um, fighting over which court would hear this case if it would go to juvenile court or to adult court. And um, a lot of these court records are redacted because if it went to juvenile court, their names wouldn't be released. Yeah. Um, So a lot of this is kind of reported as one lawyer said. And so it's kind of hard to know whose lawyer's fighting what. But I did my best to kind of lay it out for us. Um, And then the other thing that was kind of interesting about this, when they first reported on this case, it was still, it was obviously being fought about whether they were going to be brought to trial in juvenile court or adult court. And so the initial footage of this stuff, the pictures were just of the girl's feet and like arms and stuff. Mm. They kept their faces out of it completely. Yeah. And so looking back on those pictures, I encourage you to like go online and look at that. It's weird. It's just, it gives it like a whole nother creepy feel to it. Mm. Like the girls don't have shoes on in some of the, like they're in the courthouse and don't have shoes on. I don't know. Huh? Yeah. Okay. All right, so in August of 2014, Morgan was ruled incompetent to stand trial due to early onset schizophrenia and opposition, oppositional defiance disorder. Um, so that is super young for schizophrenia. Her father was diagnosed with schizophrenia, um, but schizophrenia, first of all, is most common in men. Mm-hmm. And then it usually um, comes on like in the like 18 to 22 age range. Like, And isn't it usually later in women? Yes. Yeah. Women. Yes. Specifically when it is present in women, it's usually later in their lives. Yes. So for her to be diagnosed with schizophrenia at 12 years old is it's pretty crazy. Yeah. At that time, she was remanded to the Winnebago Mental Health Institute, which contrary to what the name might have you believe is not an RV down by the river, Kristen. I am so glad you revived that joke <laughs> for this week. I hated it last week. <laughs> and it's back, baby. <laughs> After receiving treatment and medication for her schizophrenia, Morgan, along with Anissa, was reevaluated by court-appointed psychiatrists, and in December of 2014, both were deemed competent to stand trial. Mm-hmm. Then, in February of 2015, a lawyer for one of the girls argued that they should actually be charged with second-degree attempted murder, rather than first-degree, because they believed that harm would come to their families if they did not kill Peyton. He also argued that this meant the case should go down to juvenile court because it was a less severe charge. Mm. So he says, you know, they were doing this because they thought that if they didn't do this, Slender Man would come and kill their families. Mm -hmm. And now, so since it is second degree, that's a less severe charge, so that should bring it down to juvenile court. Um, In March of 2015, after carefully reviewing the laws, statements, and evidence, the judge ruled that he would keep the charges of first-degree murder and that both girls would be tried in adult court. In August of that year, the judge entered not guilty pleas on on behalf of both girls as their lawyers refused to enter their pleas. So this is pretty crazy to me. But basically, both lawyers are pissed. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And so they um, are like, no, we're not going to fucking interplease for them because we're thinking about appealing because that's fucking bullshit that you uh-huh. say it should be in adult court. I like that. <laughs> right? Yeah, I really like that. Yes. <laughs> so um, the judge listens to their arguments and in September he stays the case so that the state appeals um, court could determine if the case should move to juvenile court. So he's like, I understand what you're saying. I want to make sure that we're, you know, we're following everything as we're mm-hmm. to the letter. So yeah, let's put a, let's put a pin on this. Let's let the appeals court hear it. Um, so I mean, now we're up to, by the time the appeals court rules, it's July of 2016. That's so good. At one point, like people are kind of, you know, arguing that this has taken way too long. It's stretched out so much. And the judge is like, yes, I get your argument. But at this point, time is irrelevant. We really need to make sure that we're doing everything in the best interest of all parties. So if this is how long it takes to make sure that all of the rules and all the laws are followed, this is the time it takes. I, I don't like that. I, I just, I feel like that's, you always have to make sure that you're doing the right. You of always course. have to check off all those boxes. But at the same time, we all have a right to a timely, right. speedy trial. Absolutely. Okay, so it's July of 2016. The appeals court rules that the stabbing was not incidental or impulsive, but premeditated and extremely violent, so that it will stay in adult court with a charge of first-degree murder. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, first-degree attempted murder. Mm -hmm. While awaiting the appeal court's decision, Morgan had actually been sent again to the Winnebago Mental Health Institute for a period of four months to stabilize her mental health. So during all of this time, the girls, both of them, are actually in and out of a mental institute. Because what would happen with Morgan specifically, she would be in the mental institute, she would be taking her medication, she was Mm -hmm. being heavily monitored, she was getting the treatment that she needed, and then as soon as she got out, she'd stop taking her medicine. Why? And so she'd just regress. Yeah. For whatever reason. So when they weren't in the mental health institute they were in a juvenile detention center and so when she was in there she wasn't you know taking her medication she wasn't doing any of that and so she just kept regressing back and same thing with um with anisa anisa wasn't um diagnosed with such heavy like such a heavy diagnosis there was a psychosis disorder that was um believed to be in play um but nothing quite as heavy as schizophrenia because i mean that's that's about, That's as, about heavy as heavy as it gets. So during this time, they're just both in and out. They're in juvenile detention center. They're in the mental health institute. They're yeah. kind of back and forth. By September of 2016, both defendants had entered pleas of not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect. Mental disease or defect is probably the proper pronunciation. Do you have a mental defect? <laughs> <laughs> filed a motion for the girls to be tried separately they also dropped their motions to try and lower the cases to juvenile court so at this time they're basically like okay fine we'll stop trying to get it lowered to juvenile court we can try them as adults but they need to be tried separately yeah and the prosecution didn't argue against it actually they're like yes you're right this is better for everybody involved we'll try them separately And we'll try them in adult court. Mm -hmm. In December of 2016, the judge ruled that, yes, he agreed as well. They were tried to, they should be tried separately. The separate trials were scheduled for September and October of 2017. So a full, almost year away. 
nine months, ten months away. Mm-hmm. As the trial date neared for Anissa Weir, she entered a guilty plea where she agreed that she was a guilty party to an attempted murder, but was not responsible by reason of insanity. In December of 2017, she was sentenced to up to 25 years in a state mental hospital. Under an agreement with the prosecution, she will have to serve a minimum of three additional years. So on top of what she's served in there already during this whole process, um, she will have to serve an additional three years in the Mental Health Institute and then will remain under state supervision for the rest of her sentence. So after three years, so that's the minimum that she'll serve. After three years, she'll be reevaluated and it'll be determined. Does she need to spend more time here? Can she go under conditional release? Um, under conditional release, she'll have regular, you know, um, treatment and mm-hmm. It's much like much like a parole situation where she's to check in, you know, with state officials and whatever. At her sentencing hearing, she offered this apology. I want everyone to know I deeply regret everything that happened that day. I know that nothing I say is going to make this right and nothing I say is going to fix what I broke. I am never going to let this happen again. She will be 37 at the end of her supervisory period. How do you feel about that? I mean, I like the first thing that comes to mind is mm-hmm. it's just a reminder of how young she was when this Absolutely. started. Because I hear 37 and I'm like, wow, that's pretty young. But at the yeah. same time, I mean, they're putting her away for a while. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so then in September of 2017, Morgan entered the same plea. Mm-hmm. She pleaded guilty but was found not responsible by reason of insanity. As part of a plea agreement with the prosecution, she underwent extensive psychiatric evaluation to determine her sentence. So she entered this plea in September. Over the next several months, she was actually underwent like multiple psychiatric evaluations. And then on February 1st, 2018, so just, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple weeks ago, she was sentenced to 40 years in a state mental hospital, which is the maximum allowed by law. Mm Mm-hmm. So, it's not a hard 40. Um, she basically um, could receive conditional release prior to completing those 40 years, but it would be under heavy supervision. Um, and there's no minimum. So, like, basically, she's in this mental institute until they say, for either 40 years or until they say, okay, you're good. You're good. She will likely serve the majority of that sentence. Yeah. At her sentencing, Morgan spoke briefly saying, I just want to let Bella and her family know that I am sorry and I hope she's doing well. Okay. So this is my fucking problem with this Mm -hmm. statement. Bella is a nickname she had for Peyton. You tried to fucking murder me. You don't get to use a nickname. Agreed. Agreed. We are not on a nickname basis anymore. You can call me by my first, middle, and last name <laughs> only. You do not and get to call me. Yeah, you do not get to call me a fucking nickname. No. That's... Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, Morgan will be 55 years old at the completion of her sentence. Wow. So... I think it's worth noting here um, that I think Peyton's a fucking rock star. Yes. She, like, pulled herself out of that woods. She wasn't going to let her die. And her mom has said, um, you know, 
this is something that she still still very much deals with on a daily basis. Uh, she yeah. doesn't trust anyone. She can't go to sleep at night unless they're all the doors. She checks all the doors and all the windows and makes them make sure that they're locked. And I think that she will have trust issues for the rest of her life. Yes, while she has physically recovered, yeah. this will fuck with her head for the rest of her life. And I just think that she is a rock star for fighting. I don't know that I could have done the same thing. Okay, yeah, what what is wrong with us? Because you and I both last week agreed. Yeah. I I really feel like anytime I watch a scary movie or I yeah. see something horrible, I think there would be a point where I'd be like, you know what? I'm done. I'm out. Absolutely. I'm just going to lay here. This is horrible. Mm-hmm. I would like to hope I'd be like her, but I don't know. I just, I'm not sure that I would be. She's amazing. I think she's super amazing. Rockstar Baton. Yeah. For sure. Wow. That was pretty heavy. Um, slightly heavier than mine. Slightly. Just slightly. A little more <laughs> serious than mine. <laughs> um, Zach pitched an idea to me. Okay. He would like us to do a segment called Shit My Husband Said, where he s- submits oh. a wonderful tale. Uh-huh. And we would have that sponsored by Puma so that he could get free socks. <laughs> Because my husband uh-huh. likes um, disposable socks. Disposable socks? If they, uh, they do not exist, Kristen, in case you're wondering what no. that is. He wants to wear a brand new pair of socks one time and then never wear it again. What kind of luxurious life <laughs> is he hoping for? He says they just never fit your foot right after the first wear. My goodness. <laughs> Your husband's kind of a diva. He is a diva. And he specifically likes Puma socks. Sponsored by Kristen Sneezes. Kristen Sneezes. When you want to be showered with bacteria. (laughs) And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary. And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web. And sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. For this episode, I got a lot of great info from a GQ article by Amy Wallace, an article on Slate.com from Nate Anderson, and an episode of American Greed. And I pulled from a Newsweek article by Abigail Jones and an article by Lauren Efron and Kelly Robinson for ABC News. For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com. Any errors are, of course, ours. Please don't take our word for it, though. Go read their stuff. Journalism is a fucking dying art. Get your asses out there and read that shit. And pay for it. That's right. (laughs) Podcast adjourned.